May we have your attention, please? As you may know, RSSB has been working with train operators and infrastructure managers to use the Bowtie method of risk analysis to assess some of the major safety hazards that face the railway. The Bowtie method is a great way to visualise both the hazard, its potential consequences, and the mitigations and controls that can reduce the impact or likelihood of that hazard. Its use in safety management may appear to have obvious benefits, but at London Northeastern Railway, they're attempting not only a railway industry first, but probably a first in any industry. They plan to replace their current corporate risk register with one based on a top-down bowtie analysis of the risks in running the railway. Given the similarities between train operating companies, this approach has potential benefits across the industry as it attempts to recover from the pandemic. LNER are starting with the business risks in running a top and moving down to the more tangible risks traditionally associated with a safety management system. The plan is that the top down and bottom up will meet seamlessly together in the middle, allowing them to focus their efforts where they are most needed. I'm talking to Ian Balsh-Jones, the Safety and Environment Risk Manager at LNER, about this project. Welcome, Ian. As a first-time visitor to the RSSB podcast, could I ask you to introduce yourself and tell us how you came to your current role in the railway? I joined LNER in 2021, based at the headquarters in York. I've got a Bachelor of Science degree in Instrumentation and Control Engineering and an MBA, and I'm a Fellow of the Institution of Engineering and Technology. I've spent over 30 years working with management systems, initially in quality, starting off with good old BS5750, and then going on to build the world's first fully process-based certified ISO 9001 management system. Over time, this has expanded into other areas, including business assurance and risk management, across a range of different organizations and industries, although I would contend that all management systems are actually about managing risk. In 2014, I won the Energy Institute Safety Prize for jointly creating EON's bowtie-based process safety management system for their global conventional power generation fleet. I really do believe in the power of bowtie analysis to help people to better understand and therefore better manage their risks, given most of the population struggle with systems thinking. And I like to think that you never stop learning And I've got 30 years of experience and not one year of experience repeated 30 times over. As when you stop learning, you stop thinking. You do indeed. Thank you, Ian. Let's start off with, if you would briefly, what a bowtie analysis actually is. If a hazard is something with the potential to cause harm, then risk management is working out who can be harmed and how, and then reducing the level of harm to an acceptable level. So managing risk is something we do every day in our private as well as our professional lives, but things can occasionally go wrong. And as a rule of thumb, the more complex a thing is, the more likely it is to go wrong. However, the consequences of something going wrong can vary enormously depending upon a range of factors. And in the rail industry, we know from bitter experience what can happen to customers employees and members of the public when we get things wrong. So bowtie analysis is simply a tool for presenting risk in a way that people can more easily understand, including who or what causes the problems and who suffers the consequences. Bowtie diagrams look like a bowtie, hence the name, the middle knot of the bowtie, 
represents the hazard that you are trying to control and the point in time at which control over the hazard is lost. The left-hand side of the diagram represents all the threats that could lead to the loss of control, i.e. how you can be harmed. The right-hand side represents all the possible consequences resulting from the loss of control, i.e. who can be harmed. In between lie all the barriers that you have in place to stop the loss of control or mitigate its consequences. It's about transparency as it puts all your cards very visibly on the table. It was originally developed for high hazard industries to help prevent process safety incidents. And I personally think it's a great way of demonstrating a safety case rather than tomes of text that sit on a shelf and few people ever read. Thank you very much, Ian. So what is it exactly that you're trying to do with bow tie analysis? Well, running a business carries all sorts of risk, not just safety related. For example, consider running a train operating company as the hazard itself. The top event, i.e. the point over which control of the hazard is lost, is the point at which the train operating company does not meet its financial targets. And in the current post-COVID financial climate, this can be thought of as performance adversely deviates from agreed parameters rather than profitability, given the level of support the industry is currently receiving. You would then consider all the threats that could trigger this. I mean, these could include such things as operational performance, safety performance, customer experience. And we are merely repurposing the bowtie tool to consider the business as the complex system and the barriers as the managerial controls that are in place to prevent bad things happening. So in this respect, it's a classic process safety following the three questions of one, do we understand what could go wrong? Two, do we have systems in place to prevent this from happening? And three, do we have the information to assure ourselves that these systems will work if called upon? And the output from the bowtie analysis will form the corporate risk register. That all sounds very good, Ian. But could you tell me, why are you doing it using bowtie analysis rather than the more traditional spreadsheet? That's a very good question. So risk has two constituents. Firstly, inherent risk, i.e. the risks associated with doing business. Secondly, emergent risk, i.e. new risks that manifest themselves from time to time. Now, many organizations can become distracted by emergent risks without considering the risks that they face every day. Now, this could be for any number of reasons, but quite often, because they make assumptions about the barriers that they have in place to manage inherent risks, they forget that barriers can degrade over time if they are not looked after, especially during periods of change. And having a risk ranking matrix and putting risk in a spreadsheet can give managers the illusion of control, but does it actually manage risk? Whether you have a 4x4 risk matrix or a 5x5 risk matrix, you can't assess the probability and impact of something if it's actually not on your radar as a possibility in the first place. The bow tie approach to solving this problem is not easy to do. If it was, then somebody would have already have done it. To help us, we are using the world's leading bow tie software for the project as the clue to complex systems is in the title. They are complex. The element of risk ensures that you never have a true understanding of your system. Rather, you just have a model that interprets reality. And the accuracy of your model 
and how you manage it determines the residual risk that you carry. All sounds very interesting. To the best of your knowledge, has anybody else ever done this before? Bowtie has been around for quite a while now, and it has been maturing as it's developed. We think that our application is novel, though. We are aware of an organisation that has taken limited steps in this area, but not one that has started with the end in mind, with a clear line of sight between the multiple levels and functions in the organisation. So when the USA sent a man to the moon, President Kennedy said that they were doing it not because it was easy, but because it was hard. And I will be honest, we do not underestimate the difficulty involved, but we do know that it's not rocket science. (laughs) Very good. But um, tell us, what do you see as the benefits of using the bowtie method? Well, we anticipate several benefits from adopting this approach, some direct and some indirect. So one of the tangible benefits will be to clearly bring out the barriers we rely upon for both operations and safety that are provided by others and how these external barriers are managed. So whilst network rail is the obvious one for us, this runs throughout the supply chain. And one of the intangible benefits we anticipate will be cultural and how the models will actually serve to break down organisational barriers. Because through the prioritisation of areas for improvement, we believe that this will also help focus investment, whether the improvement be for improved customer experience or improved customer safety. Which all sounds very good. Though, Ian, it's going to take some sort of culture change to embed this thinking. We know that always takes a long time. And you've already said it is going to be hard work. So how long do you think it's going to take? Well, I think once you've grasped this nettle and decided to go down this track, you've also actually grabbed a tiger by the tail. This isn't a one-off exercise. Not only does the model have to be built, which is a big task in itself, but it then also has to be developed and managed on an ongoing basis. So you don't build a fast train, good track, and a world-class signaling system only to have it sat rusting in the sidings ready to be occasionally shunted out into view now and again when the auditors appear. Mankind didn't start off with a high-speed train, but with the locomotion and the rocket. And people get nostalgic about the Flying Scotsman and the Mallard, but they no longer pull the mainland express trains. You know, it may be a cliche, but we're on a journey and there is no silver bullet train because we estimate that the initial build phase will take around about a year and we anticipate that there will be an element of learning as we go along the road or down the track. And given that it is new, we need to remember Red for Danger, as there are plenty of opportunities for some project spads. But it's like Ernest Hemingway said, only those who are prepared to go too far can possibly know how far they can go. And the problem with many management systems and risk management practitioners is that they think small. And that's one of the reasons that health and safety gets a bad name because ticking boxes does not manage risk. So true, Ian. Let's, if we may, take this to a rather broader field now and look at how the train operator licensing body might view this. Where does your plan fit within the ORR's RM3 risk framework? RM3 is the risk management maturity model of the Office of Rail and Road, the ORR. It defines what excellent in risk management looks like and allows organisations to assure themselves that their risk management system is robust. It's a good model, but 
it's only a model and by itself doesn't specify at what level of maturity an organization should be from the different generic maturity level descriptors of ad hoc, managed, standardized, predictable, and excellent. An organization must answer the related questions of how mature do we need to be and how mature do we want to be for itself. Essentially, what is our risk appetite for assurance? And the spider diagram that RM3 produces can create a tangled web of subcategory complexity if you're not careful. Bowtie analysis allows a degree of objectivity in terms of being able to look through the assurance framework categories at specific risks and even delete barriers where they add no value to risk reduction. This assumes, however, that those making the cuts know what they are doing and not simply following a blind cost-cutting agenda. Because all too often in industry, in history, have cuts been made without understanding the consequences. Any idiot can cut costs in the short term. However, passenger railways have been around for 200 years and with a bit of judicious stewardship will be around for a while longer yet. Thank you very much, Ian. Let's return now to the method itself. What looks different in this bow tie diagram that you may not see in a risk analysis for an operational hazard? Well, the power of bow tie diagrams is their ability to get people talking and build bridges quickly. It needs to be remembered that first and foremost, this is a qualitative tool with the quantitative overlaid onto it. So we haven't done anything to dilute the visual power of the tool in this respect, merely raised its level to look at corporate risk in a different and almost pictorial way so that people can better understand and therefore better manage their risks. And one of the initial major challenges was how to structure and nest the diagrams to allow this to happen and move seamlessly between the different levels. And some time was spent in getting this right in a way that internal audit understand. And this is important because they are the ultimate customers of the corporate risk register and the arbiters of reporting corporate risk. And in this respect, anyone looking at our diagrams will recognize the structure, just that we are starting at a different place. And regarding how quantitative analysis can be used in bowtie diagrams, other organizations have used what is called layer of protection analysis, or LOPA for short. And this attaches event frequency to threats and reliability data to barriers to improve the accuracy of their models. And we believe that as we build our operational bowtie diagrams, there will be a lot of data within the RSSB's own safety risk model that can be used as the baseline for much of the quantitative data that we will need. And we're expecting to find good alignments between our diagrams and the SRM. So so watch this space. Thank you very much, Ian. That's a very comprehensive view of what you're planning to do. But in a single sentence, how would you sum up your experience so far? That's difficult. But two quotes come to mind that express the philosophy better than I ever could. The first is from W. Edwards Deming, and the second is from Philip B. Crosby, two great quality gurus. And Deming said that to every problem, there is a quick, simple, and wrong solution. So we need to look beyond the obvious as everything is tied to everything else. 
And secondly, Crosby, who said that quality is free. Now, this is often misquoted because people latch onto the quality is free. But what he actually said, if you read the whole sentence, he said, quality is free. It is not a gift, but it is free. And you need to put in the effort if you want to get the results out. Thank you very much, Ian. I hope you do get the results out. Perhaps you'll come back next year and tell us how things are going. Thank you for taking us through the benefits of the bowtie method, which I have to emphasise can be used for operational hazard risk as well. But it's been fascinating to hear how you intend to use it for corporate risk analysis as well. To our listeners, I hope this has given you something to think about. You can find out more about the Bowtie Method and the work that RSSB has been doing by following the links at the bottom of the show notes or by searching for Bowtie, all one word, on the RSSB website. As ever, thank you for listening. I hope you've found it interesting. If you have any ideas for topics that we should be covering in an RSSB podcast, please email me at podcasts at rssb.co.uk. But until the next time, stay safe and stay well. Thank you.